Well, I, I'll tell you what, like, uh, I feel like we're singing the same song here. Is I like to say every media feature has two parts. That's when you're on it, and then there's what you do with it. Um, so one of the biggest things that we do is we spend a lot of time teaching our clients what to do with media. Like, you know, how do you use this to make a blog post? How do you write a list email in the right way so that people do things with this? Welcome to Become a Media Maven. In this episode, I am talking to Jeremy Slate. Now, Jeremy is a guy who likes to talk about podcasts, podcast pitching, and building your own podcast. So this is a podcast about podcasts. He's got a podcast booking agency. He also has his own podcast that is super popular. So he's going to tell you about how he built a million-dollar network through both being a podcast host and being a guest on podcast and how you can do all of the above. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Hey, Christina, thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here with you today. I am excited to have you because you are going to talk about building a million-dollar network through podcasting. Now, before we get into it, tell me why you are the person to talk to about this. Why are you an expert in building a million-dollar network through podcasting? Well, um, because I started honestly in 2015 with you know no social media following, no media whatsoever, um, had an idea for a podcast that really took off, helped me connect with a lot of the right people, um, and you know we've scaled our own business you know to that level now at this point as we're um, I guess now four years into this into this business. So you know it's started as a total nobody, had the experience of building a show, connecting with really awesome, amazing people, and then use that to really funnel that energy towards our business. Awesome. And you did this by being the host of a podcast or be by being a guest on other podcasts? Well, I started as a host first. Uh, the podcast is called the Create Your Own Life Show. I started that in the middle of 2015. And uh, then I started going on a bunch of shows uh, in addition to doing a lot of local media as well, because that was super important to that, you know, use that power base too. But also going on a ton of podcasts. Myself, I've been on you know, well over, you know, 400 different shows at this point, which has been a lot of power behind, you know, first starting the podcast to have the energy behind it to connect with the right people and then also getting on the shows to get that message out. Over 400 shows is a lot because yeah, you I've been busy. think it's a lot because you got to think <laughs> not everybody you pitch is going to say yes. So you're sending well over 400 pitches. And oh, absolutely. When you're on 400 shows, like that's a lot of time because you're doing 15, 20, 30, 45 minute interviews with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that's done overnight. It, it takes some time. Uh, and like I said, we've been working on this project for a bunch of years. So, you know, it's, it's been a lot of, um, I guess, combined energy and having a great team behind me too. So tell me how you target who you pitch because 400 shows, that's a lot. There's a million podcasts out there. So right. how do you go about building a pitch list? I mean, obviously, this is pre-podcast clout. If anybody is pitching to get themselves some podcast publicity, you should be using podcast clout. But how did you do this? This is a time-consuming thing when you're doing it manually looking for these relevant podcasts to guest on. 
Well, so honestly, I got a lot of inflow uh, of people asking me to come on their show early on from the show. It's my, my original show, Create Your Own Life, having a ton of success. So I get a lot of inbound requests. Um, so part of that is just deciding, like, are these a right fit for me? Aren't they a right fit for me? So that's one part of it. I do get a lot of inbound requests. Um, the other part as well um, is, you know, since we do run uh, a PR agency called Command Your Brand, um, we're also my, my team is good at, you know, pitching other shows and locating them and getting me, me booked on them as well. Um, when it was just me doing it myself, um, I was using tools like um, emailhunter.io to make sure I got in touch with the right person. Um, I was looking at, you know, different levels of shows like I was going on, you know, shows with less than 100 episodes and less than 50 reviews early on because I knew they were easier to target and easier to get myself set up on those. And as you do more and more shows like that, you can kind of build up and go from there. Uh, and build off of that success. But also, I do get a ton of, you know, inbound requests as I just got, um, you know, three more this morning on LinkedIn. So I, I do get a lot of inbound as well. And how do you handle those inbound? Because it's a lot of work to schedule and clear time in your schedule and then actually, you know, ensure there's no little ones around when you do the interview and you're doing the interview for quite some time. So how do you gauge uh, whether or not you say yes or no to an inbound request? And obviously, four or five years in, it's different today than it was yeah. four or five years ago. I mean, at the start, you probably said yes to everything. Like, most people said. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I said yes to everything early on. Um, cause you know, you don't have a brand, you don't have an audience and you want to start to build it. And that's a really great way to do it by getting on the right shows. Um, but for me, it's, it's gotten down to, you know, the clarity of message is just number one, because the size of the show doesn't always matter if the clarity of message is there, because it's going to allow me to talk about the type of topics that I really know are going to help drive the business forward. Um, I love health and fitness. I just don't talk about it a lot because it doesn't bring us business. So I've really kind of narrowed down on my topic base. Um, but at the same time, I'm also looking at like, how long has somebody been on this podcast journey? Are they brand new? Um, do they have a hundred reviews? Do they, you know, what is their average ranking, um, in like chartable over a 30 day period, things like that. So I'm, I'm looking at things like that to decide if it's a great opportunity. If it's not at the same time, you don't want to insult that person, right? Cause they may be new. So I'll say to them like, Hey, you know, right now I am just super, super busy. Um, we can check back in three, six months and see kind of where things are at. And you know, it has changed down the road and I have booked some of those shows as well. Um, so it has been just looking at how does this align with my message? Um, how is their visibility ranking out there? And if it's not now, then, you know, kind of setting up for the future where there could be a, a good relationship there because you never want to, you know, burn a communication line. Agree. And I like the idea of when you start focus on quantity and then as you slowly build that over time, swap the quantity for quality. Um, so yes. that's. That's great advice. And you said you're, you started getting a lot of inbound requests right away because Command Your Brand um, was pretty popular pretty fast. How did you uh, do that? Because, again, in the podcasting space, it's hard to find podcasts. I mean, I know it's just mm -hmm. going to get better and, and the platform is going to be a little bit more user-friendly. But how were people finding you at the very beginning? So, um, you know, Create Your Own Life in our first – 30 days had 10,000 listens. And it's, it's funny enough, um, uh, Neil Patel actually writ, wrote an article about like podcast SEO and happened to, to cite an article I wrote about my launch. Um, we had 10,000 listens in our, in our first 30 days. And that was really just based off of, you know, kind of blood, sweat and tears and my own, my own willingness to do it. Because like I said, I didn't have an audience. I didn't have a ton of following. Um, so I knew what the major stats were that drive it home. And I will say um, the original New and Noteworthy was still open at that time. I know it closed for about around two and a half years and not every single category, but most categories. So I was able to get some of that initial boost um, and maintain a lot of that. 
But at the same time, um, I had a huge fitness network on LinkedIn at that time. So I sent out 3,000 individual messages by hand before I knew there was like this thing called automation. Um, so I did all that, asking people to uh, subscribe to the show because I knew one of the major statistics was subscribes. Uh, rating and reviews, they look great for social proof, but really they don't have a ton of influence on how much your show ranks. The biggest thing is it's the ratio of the number of new subscribers you get to your current subscriber base that you get in a 24 hour period. And that's why you can see like a smaller show rank in the top 200 for their niche um, because it's in ratio to their current size, their growth. So I knew if I could drive in a ton of subscribes, I could nail a chart. And that was gonna be something that really helped me to get visibility. So 3000 LinkedIn messages, I sent about 700 emails, um, 500 Facebook messages before they shut my messenger off for a couple weeks. Um, whole bunch of text messages and it even got to the point where we were out with friends in public and I was showing them how to you know subscribe rate and review to my show because I knew like if I got that stat down it was really going to help me to get out there because as I said subscribes and reviews are great for social proof but they have very minimal influence on your ranking so I knew I had to get people to subscribe to that show got it so ratings and reviews look nice more vanity metrics the subscribe button you want people to tap that and you were sending these messages out to people. You were asking them, listen to my latest episode and tap that subscribe button. What did that, what did that yeah. message look like that you were sending to people? Well, it was more or less from the standpoint of like, hey, like this is my purpose. I want to help people to become, you know, world-class at what they're doing, create a life on their own terms. Here's a few guests that I've interviewed. Um, would love you to, uh, you know, subscribe, rate, and review to the show. And I actually gave them like a little how-to link I made. It was a screencast recording on, on, uh, um, I forget, Loom was the, was the software I used to record my screen. And I showed them like kind of how to do it because a lot of people had questions when they were willing to do it. So I handled that. Um, and at the same time, I said, hey, like if this, you know, seems like it's something you're not interested in, I totally get it. I'm just really trying to reach a lot of people. Uh, please do me a favor and don't like mark me as spam, you know, like just delete it at that point. So I wanted to, I kind of realized I was casting a wide net and I wanted to make sure like, hey, there are going to be some people like, dude, slow down. Um, so I wanted to kind of put that there as well. Yeah, like Facebook Messenger. They told you, dude, slow down. <laughs> they, they, they took it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, stop. Um, yeah, and stop. were you messaging just anybody you were connected to? At that point, yeah. At that point, yeah. It was it was anybody I was connected to at that point in time. But this is, as I said, back in 2015. And, you know, the network I'm in now has changed a lot. But I do appreciate a lot of those early people that did help me, you know, by subscribing, rating, reviewing to the show and still listen to this day. So then what do you do now? to get those new subscribers in since you're not doing that anymore. Right, there's a couple different things I do. Um, one being, um, you know, you probably go to a lot of events too, Christina, and like when you go to events, they give away a lot of books. I have like 50 copies of Ask Gary V that I didn't purchase. So I get a lot of free books at events. So one thing I'll do is uh, for subscribes, if somebody screenshots that subscribe and sends it to me, uh, as long as they're in the continental US, because I did have to send one of the UK ones and that was kind of expensive, um, I will send them a book for a subscribe. Um, and that's kind of driven a lot of subscribes that way. Um, another thing I do is, as I said, reviews don't really drive the, the growth metric, but they are good to show that, hey, there's people listening, hey, we have a quality audience here. So for that, um, we, I use uh, ratethispodcast.com, and you can actually create a uh, like quick link for people to rate your show, and they can actually subscribe there if they want as well. And then what I actually do is read user subscribes on the air because people love to, to hear the message that they wrote to you read on the air. So I do that as well. 
Um, I'm trying to think of what else, what else we do here as well. Um, on LinkedIn is like a really big traffic source for me right now. So I do a lot of like long form written content there and I'm then pushing people to, um, you know, to the episode, but I'm also reminding them to subscribe as well. So that's become a really big part of my vernacular. Like, Hey, remember to subscribe to the show. Remember to subscribe to the show uh, and talking about purpose as well, because I think at certain times you can become a broken record. Like, Hey, I have a purpose to help a lot of people. and I want you to help me help those people. Um, so like it, it's really kind of going back to purpose every time, but making it also a part of your vernacular to always ask for that subscribe. I love that. Now, do you ever use any paid advertising to drive people to certain episodes or even just to straight up ask people to subscribe? You know, I had, I'm trying to think of how many years ago this was. I had tried um, about two years ago, I was using the Overcast player and they have an advertising system where they can put you in front of, um, you know, a certain number of people for whatever ad spend you're going to pay. Like they'll say, Hey, it's a thousand bucks and we'll guarantee you like 20 subscribers. Um, I was doing that. I didn't see a ton of audience growth from that. So I just kind of went back to what I, what I was doing. Um, and you know, the, the rates have kind of become, I guess, astronomical over there. So I, I haven't really spent a lot of time on there where I was. Um, I actually spent a lot, do a lot of paid traffic on Twitter. Cause I find that actually is, is pretty good for driving new traffic. Um, I've just found Facebook ads to not really do a ton for us. Isn't that interesting? Everybody goes to Facebook ads and not a lot of people use Twitter. I know there's, they're um, so cheap because nobody's over there. Yeah. And Twitter, Twitter has a different audience, um, mm -hmm. just like Facebook does. And it makes sense that podcast listeners are on Twitter. I want to know the first thing about putting together a Twitter ad. I've never even looked into it. Is that easy? So there's a, the, the way I recommend to do it, um, is the promoted post way. So what you can actually do is you create the post first of, you know, like where you want to send people, um, you know, whether it's your Apple podcast link or whether it's your show notes link or whatever it's going to be. And, uh, then you actually go into create a Twitter ad and once you go through all the creative of picking your targeting, picking your spend and all that, at the end, you can do your creative, meaning what, what is the ad going to look like? Or there's a toggle on there where you can click uh, previous tweets and you can click a previous tweet. I found that method to actually be a lot more successful than just creating an ad through their, their ad board because you just don't have as many options as you would if you created a tweet. Very interesting. And then where do you send people? You said you could send them to a variety of places. Where do you find is the best place to send people? So I'm usually sending them to uh, my show notes page um, because I have, I'm trying to remember what the name of the, I changed the player on our site a couple years ago and um, it actually allows them to subscribe to whatever platform they listen to right on the player. Um, so that's allowed me to, you know, really keep a lot of my traffic that way. So I'm typically sending people just right to the show notes page. Mm, that makes sense because then regardless of where you listen to your podcast, it makes it easy for them to subscribe. It's simple podcast, player. simple podcast player. I just looked it up while I was talking to you. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, there you go. Awesome. Okay. And then, so that is how you are dominating things for your podcast. Yeah. And in addition to that, you're getting on other people's podcasts, which mm -hmm also builds your brand. You get that no like and trust factor a lot uh, faster because the listeners of the podcast you're on already know like and trust the host. So by default, you get that same courtesy. Over when 400 it, it's, it's also shows. the simplicity of it though, Christina. Like, like um, I, I don't know about you, but like when I try to explain people that don't know what a podcast is yet, that's like a really difficult thing. So like oh, even just oh by Lord. going on, sh even just by going on shows, you're getting in front of people that already listen to podcasts. You don't have to convince them that it exists, show them how to listen and, and go find you too. That's true. They get it. They get it. That makes sense. Now, how many 
of those 400 shows would you say moved the needle or would you consider quality over time? So it depends too, because like um, I went on EO Fire a bunch of years ago. Um, we got a ton of opt-ins um, and we got some downloads, but it didn't quite stick because I don't know if I have quite the same audience as John. And that was, that was like I said, it was a bump at the time, but we didn't maintain it. Um, we got a lot from Conscious Millionaire. We got a lot from, um, um, I'm trying to think of like what other shows we got a lot of, we got a lot from uh, like the Mindfulness Mode podcast. So it really just depends, honestly. Um, show size doesn't always matter if I match a ton with the host message. And then a lot of those people tend to come find me. Um, and because they like me, they tell other people about me and you know, it grows that way. So like you have to think about like where your brand evangelist is going to be. It's not always just about numbers. So if you're going on the right show with the right audience, um, with a quality interview, um, you know, you're going to have the right people come find you, but they're also going to tell other people about you. And I've had some really, really cool brand evangelists just find me on another podcast. They continue to listen to me this day and they keep telling other people about me. So that, I think that's one thing to take into consideration as well. I think that's great advice because I think so many people get wrapped up in the numbers and they do the same in earning media exposure. Like I'll have clients who yep. say, I want to be on Good Morning America or I want to be on the Today Show. And it's like, well, just because they have a lot of people doesn't mean they're your people. You could get something a lot smaller and all of those people are your people. So I think that's great advice. Um, through all of this, your own podcast, guesting on other shows, you have built a million dollar network. Explain to me what that means. So it's really getting connected to people that are just really incredible people. And I think like one thing you have to take into account is when you have a, a podcast and you do a good job with like having good miking, you know, having good graphics and stuff like that, that show like, hey, you know, I'm creating something professional here. Um, it allows you to create a platform to connect with some really incredible people. So like, um, you know, I've gotten to have Grant Cardone on the show. I've gotten to have three time Indy 500 champion Elio Castro Neves on the show. Um, I just had... Uh, you know, Super Bowl champion uh, Desmond Clark on the show a couple weeks ago. So, like, I've had a lot of really, really incredible guests on the show, and that helps you to really, you know, have connections with these people. And I'm always good at following up, seeing what they need, seeing where I can help, um, connecting them with people in my network. And you really build a really cool relationship with people that you wouldn't really have. You know, they, they, they wouldn't give you the time of day any other time because – you know, if, if you didn't have a podcast, you don't have a platform, you're not really giving them something, but it puts you in the way where you can actually give people something and allows you to, you know, create an incredible network. Now, another part of that is, um, I'm kind of like a crazy banshee for following up for the guests. So, um, I have a uh, spreadsheet that I started on day one, where I made a list of the top 100 people that I most admired. And we followed up with them like every 30 days, 60 days or six months. You know, if they ask for a different time, we do that. And basically what I'm doing is I'm always checking in and seeing where people are at, you know, how they're doing. Like it took me five years to get Dave Asprey on the show. Um, it took me um, four years to get, um, you know, Ted Nugent on the show. It took me a lot of follow up to get a lot of incredible guests on the show. And I think a lot of times when people are building a podcast, they're somewhat short sighted about that. Right. Like somebody says no. And like, all right, well, that's the end of that. Um, but me, I've got my maniacal spreadsheets back here and I have, you know, it, used, it was me in the beginning, you know, then it was, you know, my assistant helping me with that, but always following up with people, seeing where they're at, seeing like, hey, does the topic of the time fit? Do you have a book launch coming out? Um, is there a better time to follow up with you, whatever it may be, and continually doing that. Awesome. That sounds great. And then what are your, what is your advice for people who want to have some of those big names on their podcast? How do you, I mean, obviously follow up is huge. You mentioned that. 
How do you reach out? What do you say? These people are super busy. They may not know you. They may have never heard of you. What do you mm-hmm. say to get them consider coming on your podcast? Well, so I guess the, the first thing is like social proof. Like it does help to have interviewed other people. So I'll say like as you get incredible other other incredible guests and using those names in your pitch does definitely help. Like, hey, I've had blah, blah, blah on the show. It helps. Um, but early on, I got a couple people to say yes. And then, you know, with a, with a PR mindset, it was then how I positioned what they had done. You know what I mean? I was able to talk about like, you know, they've done X, Y, Z in business or whatever. And I was able to use those in early pitches. So that really helped me. Then I started getting some media placements. So like I was in Forbes, Inc., um, you know, Inc. named me the, the, one of the top podcasts for 2019. So like I was able to start putting a lot of that stuff in my pitch. Like credibility really helps when you're pitching somebody. The other thing too is realizing like what's in it for the guest, right? Like they probably get hundreds of requests maybe even thousands of requests. So like, why are they going to spend time with you over anybody else? And you have to think about like, what's in it for them? Like, I've wanted to interview uh, author Brad Thor for years. He's finally coming on the show next week because he has a new book coming out and it was the right time to talk about it and a right time to promote it. So like, hey, we're part of his launch and I'm going to see how I can help his team as much as possible to make that work. So I think sometimes you have to understand what's in it for them. Use the social proof of who you interviewed before. And once you start getting some press and media credibility, that really, really helps. Um, And I'll say another thing to that is I write for different publications too. So I'll actually write about episodes as well. So once you can start adding some media credibility to your interviews and tell them, hey, you're not just going to be a podcast. You're also going to have a press feature too out of this. That's a really big deal as well. Agree. That's amazing. That's awesome. Great strategy. Again, time consuming, but that's what a great strategy is, people. If it were easy, everybody would do it. You have to take time to do this stuff. Okay. Before we go, can you tell me about some of the, I mean, you've landed, you have the podcast um, PR agency or the PR agency niched in podcasts. I don't know how you explain it. Command your brand. It's at commandyourbrand.com. Love that it's niched in podcasts. Super, super important. Um, again, why I started Podcast Clout. People need to be pitching podcasts. You've gotten clients on a lot of amazing podcasts. How are you getting clients on these podcasts? Share some of your pitching secrets, some of your pitching strategies that work well, especially to land these big ones where they're getting hundreds of pitches a day. So you're talking about like for pitching big shows or or, or for results you create from an interview? Yeah, pitching, well, both. First, pitching great shows. You're on mm-hmm. the show, and then how do you turn? Because everybody th- they get so excited about the publicity, and they yep. think like the publicity makes them famous, and then the next day nothing happens, and it's like, well, you do got to do something with the publicity, people. So first, talk about how you're landing this quality publicity on these great yep. podcasts, and then what you are advising your clients to do with that publicity. Well, so I guess there's two parts to the first part, and that's that your approach is professional, meaning that you figure out how to get to the right person, meaning either it's the host or a producer, or maybe they have a publicist that runs it. So you want to figure out how to get to that person. couple different things I've used for that. One being um, contactanycelebrity.com. Believe it or not, it actually does work. Um, I've used um, another one is it used to be called Email Hunter. Now it's called Hunter.io because you want to make sure you're able to find the right person's email to reach out to and contact. Um and then the other the other professionalism point is how you're structuring your emails. Like I've gotten and and you probably have as well, Christine. I've gotten pitches before that like um, it'll say, "Hey, f name fix," meaning it's a it's a name tag rather than my actual name, or they'll say the wrong <laughs> yeah. podcast or something like that. And you're like, "Oof, okay, right away, I'm just deleting this one." So you want to get those professionalism points in first. Like get to the right person. Um, you want to you know 
structure things in the right way where you're actually saying all the right things. You don't have different font sizes and all that kind of stuff because that's things that are just going to knock you off right away. Um, the second thing is actually how interviews are structured. And that's, this actually goes in a line with the pitch. Um, every interview may be a little bit different, but they follow a, a very similar way of doing things. And that's story, message, and call to action. Your personal story, your brand message, which is usually three to five key teachable points that are you know, uh, worthy of press, that are interesting, that are going to teach something where somebody's going to walk away with a ton of value. And you really want to talk, you want to lead with a little bit about your story and why you're relevant in your pitch. Um, another thing being, you know, the three to five key teachable things that an audience is going to walk away with and really what's in it for the audience. Um, honestly, unless you have an affiliate program where you're going to be paying the host, don't worry about your pitch and what you have to pitch. Um, because I, I got a pitch once that was like, so you're going to have me on my podcast because your audience is going to love my book. I'm like, delete. So you want to really just remember, like, what is in it for that audience? What is unique about your message? What have they talked about before on their show that you can really, you know, create some reality with? And um, just make sure you're using the right names and stuff like that. And follow up is really key because they may say, hey, this isn't the right time or whatever. So that's another thing of having a great spreadsheet and having a great follow up sequence and just checking in, you know, checking them out on Twitter, checking them out on Facebook, seeing what they have going on in their life and their business or whatever. And there may be a better time in the future. Um, so really, it's all about the follow up. It's all about the right pitch. And it's honestly just about being professional. And talk about what people do after. And I don't know about you, but with my clients, I don't want to say all of them. But some of them, <laughs> I need to consistently remind them that, listen, we got this media exposure for you. Now you have to leverage it. Like oh you have gosh. to do something with this to turn it into, into profit. And so many people forget or they just don't do it. And it drives me nuts because it's like, no, no, no. Like, like you're hiring me for a reason. And if you don't follow this through, it defeats the purpose of you even paying me to do this job. So talk about the struggle. I mean, I don't know if you have the same struggle I do, but talk about what people need to be doing after the fact. Well, I'll tell you what, like, uh, I feel like we're singing the same song here is I like to say every media feature has two parts. That's when you're on it. And then there's what you do with it. Um, so one of the biggest things that we do is we spend a lot of time teaching our clients what to do with media. Like, you know, how do you use this to make a blog post? How do you write a list email in the right way so that people do things with this? Like we had a client, um, that uh, he was a podiatrist and he was teaching other podiatrists like basically how to, you know, create a million dollar practice, which is what he had done. And he somebody had heard him on another podcast. He had emailed his own list. They saw him at an event. So he emailed the list and it took till he was at an event and they walked up to him with a check. So it, it's at the same time, it's understanding how to repurpose that content, whether it's, you know, video content that you're clipping and, and you know, adding captions to using like a headliner clip or something like that, or you're writing long story form content on LinkedIn, like what you're going to do with content and even, um, you know, in the middle of your own funnel, adding some of those logos and things like that in your funnel so that you create more press credibility, like you have to use this stuff because yes, you're going to get some effect when you're on it. But if you're not learning how to use it, you're expecting to become effect of PR, not effective with PR. And that's a real problem. A hundred percent. I'm also going to link to um, an episode that I did on Become a Media Maven. 35 things to do after you earn media coverage. Like there are 35 things you can do, people. So there is no excuse to not do just a couple of them. So I think that's so important. I'm also going to link to your website, commandyourbrand.com. Anything else, Jeremy, that you want to add to people listening? I mean, obviously, they're already podcast listeners. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe they are hosts themselves. 
maybe they want to get into podcast guesting. Anything else you want to leave my listeners with? Well, I'd say, you know, they probably already know a lot of this since if they're listening to your show, they're probably very smart people. But I would say, you know, make sure that your website and stuff is set up in such a way that features your media that's going to help you get future media, because that's usually step one that a lot of people are missing. Having a good media page, having the copy written well on your website, having great photography, um, you know, have that stuff in place and everything else you're going to you're going to do in the future is going to be a little bit easier. But at the same time, you're going to be able to leverage it a lot better once you get it. A hundred percent. And media leads to more media. Like once you have a lot, you don't even need to pitch because it's all coming to you, which makes your job a whole lot easier. So I think that's, that's super important. Great advice. Um, Jeremy, I have, uh, your website here. Uh, tell everybody about your podcast, the name of it and what kind of things they could hear. Absolutely. So uh, my podcast is called Create Your Own Life. It's over at jeremyryanslate.com. I interview world-class individuals to find out what makes them tick, what makes them want to make a big impact, and to help other people really make a huge impact on this planet. Um, So, you know, that's what they can expect from my show. We have, uh, I've had an NBA Hall of Famer on the show. We've had, you know, World Series champions. We've had uh, New York Times bestselling authors. So if you want to learn from the best, uh, my show is definitely the place to do it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It was nice chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for listening. Please tap that subscribe button. Leave me an honest rating or review if you have not already. Jeremy shared some great information and you can see all of it in the show notes for this episode at becomeamediamaven.com.